0: Welcome to God's Love Revealed Podcast. I'm Ellie Caswell, along with Jeff Williamson, and I want to share with you how I went from self-punishment with no true identity to a mutual knowing in Christ and finding an eternal identity in Him. Jeff is a licensed professional counselor with a master's in marriage, family, and child therapy from Fuller Theological Seminary. He's been in practice for over 20 years and specializes in intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy. God has taught him profound spiritual dynamics which have led believers to a true freedom. It's our hope to reveal the truth and life of God's love manifested through Jesus. Psychological, emotional, and spiritual freedom is possible through the true knowing of Christ.
1: So in today's podcast, we're going to take a look at the passage where Jesus says, a house divided cannot stand. And the perspective we're going to take today is looking at it in a very internal sense. In other words, if we're the temple of God, like a house, like a temple, we could picture that house having an upstairs and then we could picture the house having a basement. If we are cut off within ourselves, we cannot stand. We, we aren't whole. And what I want to show here, is that that has huge implications when it comes to attaching meaningfully, having a meaningful whole attachment with Jesus and with one another. So, I know I'm just laying this out in this intro. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense right now, but hopefully by the end of this podcast, what I'm saying will make sense. So, Ellie, if you could read Matthew chapter 12, starting in verse 22 through 30.
0: Then a demon-oppressed man, who was blind and mute, was brought to him, and he healed him, so that the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed, and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters.
1: Okay, so certainly the spiritual implication is talking about principalities here. I know that's the main interpretation, that you're either with Jesus and his kingdom or you're with Satan and his kingdom. But we also don't want to miss something else. Jesus is casting out a demon inside of a man. So there's something internal. There's this demon inside of the man. So let's picture it this way that this man is a house. Okay. And the upstairs of the man, so to speak, is who this guy really is. In the basement of of himself is this demon. If we if you're following the way I'm I'm putting this. And Here, when, you know, we're talking about psychology, when I'm working with clients, ISTDP, again, Dr. Davinlow, he has this great imagery where he talks about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Okay, so that, you know, in this case, uh, Jesus is talking about a demon, let's say, in the basement of the person. You know, Mr. Hyde lurks down inside of us. You know, we have our impulses, we have our desires, we have our rage. We have all these buried things within us, deep inside of us. We'll say those things are in the basement, if this is making sense. And a lot of what we do unconscious is we just shut the door. We just shut the door to the basement. We just keep all of these things down within ourselves, our reactions to trauma. um, Again, our impulses, our desires, a lot of that's moral, a lot of that's psychological. What Jesus is doing here is healing this man. What Jesus is doing is making this man whole. The importance of where I'm going with all this, as we break it down together, Jesus walks up to this man. He walks up to each one of us. And when he looks us in the eyes, either if we were back there where he was incarnate in the world or even in spirit truth, when Jesus walks up to us and he looks into his eye, into our eyes, whether we know it or not, he's offering us attachment, bond. He's not just offering a relationship. He never walks up to somebody in just a relational way. He's also not creating what this world likes to create, in my opinion, these trauma bonds where the bond is just around the trauma itself. What Jesus is saying to this man is, let me offer you a bond where in your trauma, demon possession, whatever else, something will be cast out of you. He does this with people, you know, uh, with Mary Magdala. He, he's the great physician that says, the bond you can have with me is going to cure the attachment trauma and any other trauma that you have. The the, the bond, the attachment itself is the cure. So he is the cure. He is the living water. Now, what happens when you offer somebody an attachment bond is it mobilizes your pain, your trauma about not having the best attachment. It's mobilized by the attachment itself. So, what's in the basement is going to come up. If we don't deal with what's down below ourselves, if we keep everything hidden, if we keep all the deepest part of ourselves cut off, the house is divided. Jesus came to heal. Now, what the Pharisees say is the only way that this that Jesus is healing this person and making them whole, by offering him attachment, he mobilizes in this man what's down in the basement of self, and here it's a demon. They're saying, you know, the only way that Jesus is doing this is because he's doing it by the power of the devil. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, Jesus is doing it by the power of God. He's doing it by the power of love. He is God's love revealed. He's doing it by the power of attachment. The attachment that he has with the man, we'll say the upstairs of this man, he's connecting with him. It brings up from the basement of himself a demon that could, but it could be, you know, anger. It could be um, sin. It could be all kinds of things, different things that are mobilized up within us. If we're not going to courageously confront these things, we're going to be two dimensional. We're going to be a house divided. The upstairs of ourselves will be what's interacting, but the downstairs, the you know, the deep, the As Freud says, um, Sigmund Freud says, you know, the most of the icebergs under the water. And it's true. Most of what, you know, is inside us is down in the basement. It's unconscious to us. If we don't connect in Christ with ourselves, we are divided. And it has implications for how we attach with God and how we attach with others. A house divided cannot stand. See, Jesus deals with things. He's the great physician. You could say he's the great therapist. He's the gardener. He doesn't leave things just sitting down below. He doesn't do that. But he's always bringing people into wholeness. He's not just creating that trauma bond with them. He's always lifting them up. He's always healing them.
0: Well, something that I was just thinking of is... In this story, the man that Jesus cast the demon out of, um, the man, does he have a part in that? Like, did he come to Jesus and be like, you know, rescue rescue me or save me from this demon? And then comparing that to our responsibility to deal with whatever's in our basement, you know, it might not be necessarily we have a demon in us, but often there's that trauma mm-hmm that anxiety to confront that trauma or thinking that it doesn't really matter and it was in the past. So really what difference does it make? But maybe you could just explain like our responsibility to go down to that basement in ourselves. I'm just bringing this up because in this story, you know, the man that is, that is demon possessed, he's not having to take responsibility. But oftentimes in our lives as believers, we do have to take that responsibility of going into our basement to create a wholeness, to start that process.
1: That's absolutely correct. You know, what you're pointing out is the will of the person. And here we're talking about healing. We're talking about you know, we don't know, is this guy, quote, a believer or not? So, here, here we could say, you know, this person is, has the will to be whole. This person has the will to be healed. Jesus would recognize that in this person. Like Mary Magdala showed the will to be healed by crying on his feet. You're absolutely right. Jesus says, I give you new commands. Love your God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, here's the, which is to me a description of attachment bond. Again, Jesus does not offer us just a relationship, he offers us a bond. So, his language, love your God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Listener, you, you, you really need to listen to that. That's way more than a relationship, that's a bond. He brings us into this bond. The will is implied you know, love your God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're not talking about salvation, which is just a sheer, you know, act of God. We we're talking about if we want to call it discipleship, if we want to call it healing, whatever we want to call that. I mentioned just a moment ago in ISTDP, you know Dr. Dauvinloo talks about, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So Mr. Hyde would be down in the basement. We're not it could be demon possessed, but you know, it could be um you know, rage and, again, impulses and desires and all these kind of psychological things that we can punish ourselves for, okay? And so, the net effect is now the house is cut off. How can I love my God with my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength if I'm in 2D, if I'm two-dimensional? If most of me is cut off from myself, how can I do that? Then— the second command is onto the like onto the first. Love your neighbors. I loved you. Well, how am I going to offer an attachment bond in Christ to others as the body of Christ if I'm cut off from myself? How is that going to happen?
0: Right, and I think that's what separates us from the world because we're so everyone's so focused today about like healing from their trauma. You know, like yes. focusing on well, I have this trauma to heal from, but. As believers and what makes us different than the world is like we want to deal with our trauma so that we yes. can have more whole relationships with first Christ and yes. then people that we care about in our lives. And that also takes the focus off of us and make and stops us from being so self-absorbed with our trauma and you know what we struggle with when really the purpose of dealing with it is so that we can move forward in having more whole dynamics with other people.
1: Perfectly said, perfect understanding. If we take literally scripture that he's the head of the body and we are body members, there's a wholeness that must happen. See, okay, so if I'm one member of the body, okay, if I'm not whole, if I'm cut off, if I'm in 2D, I'm cut off from the basement of myself, Mr. Hyde lurks down below and I have not learned to not punish myself for what's down below. Yeah, or I haven't worked through what's down below to understand that there's psychological reactions. There's all kinds of things that, you know, need to be brought to the light, if we want to say. You know, if it just lurks down in the darkness in that sort of way, then I'm going to be cut off. Okay, so if I'm just a finger in the body and I'm cut off, I'm not whole, that has implications for the rest of the body. If I, as a finger... You're, you're, what you're saying is just perfect understanding. If I as a finger am whole, I am, now all glory to Jesus Christ, the head. But he says, finger, be whole. Again, this isn't an, a, a trauma bond, this world. And honestly, the church too is getting so into like trauma bond. Like we're just going to bond with each other in trauma. No, the head is going to say to the finger, Jeff, be whole. The finger is a house. Divided, but it has implications for the bigger house because that bigger house that Jesus was referring to is the body of Christ. Okay, so they go together. So, the finger then says, okay, I need to be whole. And then we say, okay, there's another finger on this hand. Uh, that finger is named Ellie. Well, then, how does the finger Jeff help her to be whole? If he's not whole himself, how is that going to work? That's not going to work. And now the entire body can start be divide, divided from itself. See, we, we give things away. And what I mean is like we just say, okay, well, you know, psychology is, quote, worldly. There's, you know, therapy, let's say, and there's no place for it and all this kind of stuff and, you know, uh, we, we need to just stay away from that. and And to me, we just hand stuff over. I'm like, well, hold on. Who's the first great physician? Who's the great, quote, therapist? Who's the gardener? It's Jesus Christ. Let's not just hand things over. You know, like science and, you know, psychology is a science, I would say. Yes, misguided as all sciences become in the world. But let's remember the author, the architect. We are body, soul, and spirit. I'm a temple. I'm a house. I can't just leave stuff down in the darkness. Um, I'm going to be cut off as that finger, and then I'm no good to the rest of the body. If we would understand the depth of what Jesus is saying, then we could be whole members of a body. He is the head, obviously, making it all possible. And then we could be more what Jesus is getting at in the commandment that you know, Jeff Finger, love others as I've loved you. I've brought you into wholeness. I'm not creating a trauma bond with you where every day we just go, you know, over and over your trauma, Jeff. I'm saying like, you know, that's not what we're creating. I'm, t- I'm creating an attachment bond that's up above your trauma. And by the way, people, here when I say trauma, there's specific trauma, abuse. and Okay, but every specific trauma is evidence of an attachment Trauma. Every one of us to some degree have this thing called attachment trauma where attachments, yeah. right?
0: Which that could be a whole that could be a whole podcast of its own.
1: That's right. So Jesus being the perfect attachment figure is the cure to our attachment trauma.
0: Right. And with all that you're saying, it's like we are called to have like this movement and this growth in our lives and there should come a point where we're not struggling like with the same things over and over again and just hoping that like God's going to somehow just do his work and sanctify us when we're not willing to, we're not willing to really, again, to go to those deeper parts of ourselves and not even knowing what's down there, whether it's an experience we had in childhood or this disappointed love or um, just the attachment trauma from the very beginning. Yes. And if we're not willing to do that, and each person knows in themselves like their limitations, like, well, I'm willing to work on all these things, but... That thing that you're talking about, I don't really want to go there. Like, I don't really want to, like, go into my anger problems. I don't really want to go into, like, my my OCD or my Uh compulsive tendencies or my controlling tendencies. Like, I don't really just – I kind of want to ignore those things. Then I think that's when we start to – that's when we start to, like, make excuses and that's where our growth kind of – Ends and stops.
1: Perfectly said. So let's say to highlight your understanding, your wisdom here, the difference between will and willfulness. Willfulness is stubbornness. If I say I'm not willing to bring what's down in the basement of myself, even Mr. Hyde, even a demon, you know, whatever, if I'm not willing to bring that to the light in Christ, and Christ is the light, if I'm not going to bring these things to his feet, then there is no way around it, listener, believer, listen to me, there is no way around it. If you're a toe, if you're an ear, if you're an eye, and you are two-dimensional, you're not whole, you're not 3D, you are cut off, and that has implications for the rest of the body. This thing that we hear, and it really gets under my skin, that, oh, going and dealing with your stuff, you're, you're, you're becoming so self-absorbed, you know, we need to just put our trust in Christ and all these platitudes, okay? I get it. I mean, the field of psychology and therapy has earned it in the world, and even Christian counseling in a lot of cases. It's earned it. We're going to have these trauma bonds, and we're going to do this kind of thing. But just because it's gone that direction, there, it's not. we're not following the world. We're following Jesus Christ. What I mean is, let's look at the head. Jesus Christ walks up to people. He looks them right in the eyes, whether they know it or not. His presence offers them attachment. He says to people, come to me, you are sorrowful and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. He uh, helped Mary of Magdala. He is helping this demon-possessed person. Jesus Christ, we have to watch Jesus, not the world.
0: Uh, So how does someone like, you know, those examples, like they actually had Jesus to help them and to heal them. Yes. But how do we...
1: Help one another?
0: Yeah. How do we, like, if we know that, oh, I am am in 2D or you feel convicted of that, that there's things in yourself that you've been ignoring and pushing aside. Yes. Where do you go?
1: Well, uh, one, me. You know, I'm just being silly, but I'm just one, you know, member of a body. But I mean, it's not like God leaves his breath. There are, there are so many people who have come who are believers who, you know, I walk with them down into the basement. You know, I walk down to the basement of themselves, and then they can put things in perspective, and they don't have to fear them anymore. I'm doing that in the name of Christ, okay? And I'm making them aware of these things. You can't be cut off. And they come into this wholeness, and they come into... You know, I'm offering them, in a sense, the attachment in Christ, which leads them to Jesus in a new way. I mean, there's testimonies of this. So, I'm just one small example um, in a specific way. But us doing the podcast right now, us, you know, getting this message out is another way. There's so many ways. The idea that we can get away with not being whole because we can say, kind Jesus, I just into trauma and all this kind of stuff. It's like, no, no. No, because Jesus Christ was about healing. Jesus Christ was about wholeness. And we are a body bound together, as Paul says, bound together. If the toe is divided against itself, that has implications for the entire body. So it is not selfishness. It is not self-absorption. It is a duty. It's a responsibility. How can I love the head of the body? with my whole heart, soul, minus strength as a finger. If I myself am broken, if I'm divided within myself, how can I do that? How can I help other body members? Okay? So we have a responsibility and duty to one another to be whole. Here, I am just saying it, obviously, from a psychological perspective, because really, this passage, you could say, has a, quote, psychological perspective. I mean, this guy has a demon. And what's Jesus doing? He's casting it out from the basement, Mr. Hyde himself, right? But we see Jesus do this when somebody's got a physical ailment or whatever. You know, wholeness matters. Wholeness matters. You're a member of the body. You can't just sit there cut off and think that that won't have implications for the body over time and look at the look at the health of the body over time look at it i mean we have so many divided body members in this thing called the body and what's the overall health of the body we're going to say it's good Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i mean come on Mm -mm. right take up your mat and walk You know, look at what you have inside, you know, deal with what you need to deal with. Be whole. It gives glory to Jesus Christ. Enough of this, just setting something aside because you're scared. That's the bottom line. You're scared to go down to that basement. You're scared to see what's down there. You don't have to go alone. Jesus Christ is always with you. He never, he's going down with you. The attachment itself is going down with you, and then maybe he's gifted other people's to be, uh, other people in the body to do the same
0: thing. So when you give the example of um, Mr. Hyde, right? Like that sounds like oh, there's like two different personalities at play, or like you have this really like crazy person, <laughs> and you have like the same person. Like, is that like your basement manifesting itself? Like, really, what's underneath that hasn't been dealt with? Like, when you lose control and you blow up, can you explain more, like, what you mean by that?
1: I mean, it's such a profound question, and I really, please, listener, listen to what I'm saying, okay, because this has huge biblical implications. Mr. Hyde is the flesh, Mister, the, Paul says we must crucify the flesh. So let's think you're the temple of God and down in the temple, in the basement, you've got this Mr. Hyde, ugly. He could kill. He's got these impulses. I know, person, deny it. But Jesus said, when you have anger in your heart, there's murder. He's talking about the basement. He's not saying that we're all going to literally go around and murder. He's saying we're sinners and it's way darker than we all think. Okay. Mr. Hyde is the flesh. The upstairs of the person is not just their, quote, true, true self. The person upstairs is the eternal self. Now, here's the problem. If we don't understand this, you know what happens, Ellie? Hmm. We crucify the wrong part. What happens is punishment and deception comes up and it starts to crucify the person upstairs. Oh, you're such a loser. You're such a, and we you know. Whether it's our own thoughts condemning us, as Paul says, our own conscience, or Satan himself.
0: Would you give the example of the queen and the servant? Or
1: yeah, no? yeah, that's great. Okay, so let's say the queen in the temple would be the person, quote, upstairs. That's the one God made. Mr. Hyde would be the servant. Okay, the part that has come over into the temple and taken over. They lurk down below. And then they act like an imposter, imposter, so the servant himself can condemn the conscience. Paul says this, I won't even let my conscience condemn me. That, see, oh, Ellie, like, we crucify the wrong part. We, we think that what we got to do is continue to mortify the person upstairs, the queen. no. We need to mortify Mr. Hyde. We need to mortify the servant who's the imposter who's taken over the person that's downstairs. How do we mortify the person downstairs? We, we bring that person to the light. We bring that imposter, the flesh. We bring that person to the light. Mr. Hyde lurks in the darkness. That's where he gets power we bring that person to the light, then the queen can be free and she can rule the temple. The queen is the daughter of God. That's not the part that needs to be crucified. That's not the part that always needs to be get the lessons. Mm. That's the part who needs to be liberated. Liberated. Jesus came to set the captives free.
0: And I love that perspective because... It gives us a sense of like our true self. We don't have to be tied to that Mr. Hyde or to that servant. Like we can separate those yes. two parts of us. Yes. And like really find our identity and like really feel the freedom that we have in Christ. When we try to combine them, like, oh, I'm such a sinful, or I just need help with patience, or we just condemn ourselves. Yes. Without knowing that there's a separation. Yes. Um so yeah, I just love what you're saying. You're, yeah,
1: and this is why I personally don't like that you know, we're totally depraved. I don't like that. You know, we're not totally depraved. We, you know, we are sent. Now, Mister Hyde is totally depraved in every way, of course. You know, uh, Paul says the king in the temple, Paul. Says It is no longer I, that sin, because I am free in Christ. It is sin living in me. Yeah, Mr. Hyde is a monster. He can do anything, okay? But I'm not totally depraved. You know, I have my eternal self that is being redeemed by Jesus Christ. Let's crucify the right part. And the way you crucify Mr. Hyde is you put light upon him. And Jesus Christ is the light. His attachment is the light that anything that's down in that dungeon, that's down below, which is the flesh and imposter, okay, it's the fallen self, that part will shiver and screech when it meets Jesus Christ, because that part isn't just psychological, that part is spiritual. A house divided cannot stand, it is by the power of our Father in Heaven, and the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ that commands Mr. Hyde to die.
0: Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast to be insightful, please subscribe to our show and share with someone who would enjoy listening, and we look forward to meeting here with you again soon.